You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your podcasts. We are a proud member of the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, your longtime host of this podcast, being joined, of course, by the incomparable Jamie D'Amico here. And uh, Jamie, welcome to the podcast again, buddy. Thank you, John Boccasino. And thanks to everybody who's listening for our Valentine's Day weekend edition of The Big Show. Uh, We want you to know. We want you to know that we love you and nobody loves you more than John. You know, if I could get our fans of the podcast a Valentine's Day card, it would be that classic Ralph Wiggum one from The Simpsons where it's got a picture of a train and it goes, I choo choo choose you. <laughs> it's funny because it's a train. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about our uh, our podcast listeners. We, we do appreciate your support. If you want to get involved with our podcast, uh, again, you can always find us on social media at the Jamie D'Amico is Jamie's handle. I am at John Boccasino, B-O-C-C-A-C-I-N-O. Of course, you can also tag at Buff Rumblings. You can comment uh, on our stories as they appear for the podcast once a week on buffalorumblings.com, or you can leave feedback on any of your podcasting platforms. We would love to get involved and engage with our audience here on Believe a Buffalo Bills Fan Podcast. Well, Jamie, today's topic Speaking of Valentine's Day, I we, we thought today's topic it would be appropriate to uh, we're going to take a look at the state of the quarterbacks for the Buffalo Bills. And I want to put this out with a bit of a teaser. We are going to do a full deep dive into Josh Allen, uh, his development and to quote, you know, to take the title of one of my favorite old Western movies, we'll take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to Josh Allen heading into his third year. So this is going to be a snippet of the long-range projections for Josh Allen. But today, we are going to take a look at the quarterback room for the Buffalo Bills. For the sake of this, we are not going to include uh, playoff hero John Brown with his 28-yard touchdown pass to Josh Allen in the loss to the Texans. We will, however, focus on Josh Allen, the third-year pro out of Wyoming, and Matt Barkley, uh, the former standout at the University of Southern California. So, Jamie, let's let's dive right in here. Josh Allen, rookie year, he wins five games. He goes five and six. His sophomore year, he goes 10 and six. He appears in and starts all 16 games. He makes improvements across the board in completion percentage, in passing yards, in touchdowns. He throws fewer interceptions. 
Um, but his completion percentage still ranked last in the league amongst qualifying starters. So as we start off our discussion on the quarterback room, what did the eyeball test tell you about Josh Allen's development? Well, the eyeball test is very easy. It looked like he was a completely different player. He looked far more confident. He looked like he understood the offense. It looked like uh, he was far more comfortable standing in the pocket. His mechanics were better. And, you know, I thought he was a completely different guy just by the eyeball test. But then you bring the statistics into it and, you know, they paint a bit of a different picture. And, you know, what that tells me is there's a reason that Josh Allen is a, a polarizing player. There are people that say he doesn't have it. He'll never have it. And then there are others who literally lose their minds if you criticize Josh Allen in any way, which is which is always um, always a strange phenomenon to me that people can be so committed to a person who they've never met. But that's that that's that's a conversation for a different time. But when it comes to the eyeball test, I really liked what I saw. And if we're if we're keeping it on that level, he's an incredibly exciting player to watch, even when it's getting bad and ugly. It's still a lot of fun. Like, I mean, the second half, even let's just say the fourth quarter of that playoff game against Houston, he wasn't effective, but man, was he fun to watch. He uh, he added quite a lot of gray hairs to my already graying beard, and uh, I'm sure he made me lose some hairs off the top of my dome. But I will agree, Jamie, uh, Josh Allen to me. He is a polarizing player, and I I can't wait to hear the feedback we get from this podcast uh, talking about Josh, because when it comes to the quarterback, it's the most heavily scrutinized position in all of sports. And, you know, they always say when quarterback is going well, things are great. When he's not doing well, the backup is the most popular man in town. Well, clearly, we don't have to worry about Matt Barkley uh, taking over the reins for Josh anytime soon, but... um, but what I what I do want to do when I start with our Josh Allen conversation here, and again, we are keeping this on the surface. We have a ton of next-gen stats that we are going to break out for our later rendition of this podcast. This is the teaser to whet your appetite for our quarterback discussion. But for me, I look at it, and you can't go from being a wildly inaccurate quarterback to Drew Brees in one season. It just doesn't happen that way. So when I look at Josh's development, his rookie year to his second year, his quarterback completion percentage went up six percentage points. That's the third best improvement of any quarterback in the league behind only Lamar Jackson, who went up nearly 8% during his MVP season, and the unheralded Ryan Tannehill with Tennessee, who reinvented himself after being a slouch for the Dolphins, and he saw a 6% increase in completion percentage year to year. So to me, the fact that Josh was able to get a 6% better completion percentage for his passes shows me that he was making better reads. He was identifying the open receiver more easily and quicker downfield, and he was getting that rapport with his receivers. That completion percentage, by the way, comes despite the fact that the Bills led the league in drops, drop passes for their wide receivers. Despite bringing in 
uh, John Brown, despite bringing in Cole Beasley, the Bills still had the worst unit in the league when it came to receivers being able to actually corral the passes that Josh Allen threw. Now, a lot of those drops, I'm sure people could write off and justify some of the drops out there. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen does take responsibility for the fact that he had such a high drop rate. But to me, when you look at this whole offense, it's predicated around Josh Allen quickly finding the open receiver and getting better at reading and recognizing and reacting to the blitz pressures that the defenses are throwing at him. And while he made strides forward in his completion percentage, the biggest area of critique that I still have for Josh are twofold. One, his penchant for taking sacks, especially on third down. He killed so many drives. He nearly killed the Bills' playoff chances against the Texans by taking uh, two sacks. Uh, Remember when they got down to the 20 or 25-yard line? They were uh, bordering on field goal range for Steven Hauschka to tie the game up. He takes back-to-back sacks. Luckily, Buffalo got one last chance. They did go downfield and and, and score that tying field goal, thanks in large part to a Devin Singletary screen pass from Josh Allen. But his ability to improve in taking sacks – in general, that needs to go up because it's it's killing drives and his ability to handle the blitz and the pressure better, not just taking sacks, but not just throwing the ball away either. You know, he's the, this game, this league is all about reading and reacting in a millisecond. And sometimes I think Josh might have too much time when it comes to uh, to throwing the ball. He might overthink things when it comes to his routes. There's, you know, they say it takes a village. Now, one thing I am going to have a rebuttal on is that um, when we talk about the drops, and of course, that's a problem and the Bills need to improve on that, especially Dawson Knox. Man, that guy drove me nuts this season because he had so much talent yet kept dropping the ball. Um, I looked up a stat and it's called true completion percentage, and that's an adjustment or that's a completion percentage adjusted for drops and intentional throwaways due to pressure or busted play, what have you. And Josh Allen still ranked 33rd in the league in that stat. So e, a lot of that's still on him. But anyway, um, going back to speaking of Josh Allen, you can tell that he's very receptive to coaching. And one of the places that I think we really need to start here is looking at the the advice and the coaching that he has received along the way. And it started in the off season working with Jordan Palmer, the quarterback guru who is building himself a, a quite a cottage industry for working with the quarterbacks around the NFL in the off season to improve their play and having tremendous success doing it. In fact, Jordan Palmer, he said that he can correct Josh Allen's issue with the deep ball, which was a big issue this year, as we all saw. He said it's a small pro- mechanical problem. He knows what to do to fix it. Well, we're all looking at you in this offseason, Jordan Palmer. You better you better put your money where your mouth is, man. Um, the other thing is the, the addition of Ken Dorsey as quarterback coach to the coaching staff. You can tell that there was a lot of improvement in Josh Allen, and I think a lot of it had to do with his relationship with Ken Dorsey. That's something that hasn't been spoken much about, but Ken Dorsey has been through the ringer as both a player, a coach, and he's always been known as a very intelligent guy, somebody who connects well with the players on the field. Now, 
with Allen, when it comes to the comfort level and his ability to play within himself, himself, that's 100% coaching right there. You know, he, he kind of got away from doing the hero ball. We saw it early in the season when he was throwing some interceptions. We saw it at the very uh, tail end of the playoff game, but the hero ball went away. The bad interceptions went away because he got smarter with the ball. I liken that to the game sort of slowing down for him and him able to see the field. And that's something you expect to see going forward with a player. But at the same time, you can tell that it was really it was really drilled into him that, hey, don't take the sack. Don't launch it down the middle of the field. Just get rid of the ball. Take the sack. Throw it out of bounds. Live to fight another day. You know, you can... You can take the Hippocratic Oath approach, which is first do no harm. And I think that really got through to Josh Allen after the New England Patriots game in which he threw four interceptions and looked completely lost out there. What are your thoughts on how he may have been affected by the coaching or even the scheme from year one to year two? Yeah, I think, Jamie, a big difference has to be pointed out when it comes to where Brian Dable was calling the plays from. He was down on the sidelines for much of the early portion of the season before moving up to the coach's box. I think that severely helped Josh Allen's development and this offense's development as a whole uh, moving forward because really it allowed Brian, I think, to, to have a better vision for the whole field when he was making his play calling as the offensive coordinator, having that aerial view. And, you know, look, Josh Allen was going to take his lumps. The warts that we're talking about here, the sack rates, uh, the, the the bad throws downfield, um, and just really having a, a struggle with the blitz identification, those are not uncommon for a second-year quarterback. But what we are, are talking about here are things that Josh can do to improve and take that next step to go into the middle tier of quarterbacks. Because as much as Bill's fanatics you know, will defend Josh Allen, I don't think any rational fan would say right now that Josh Allen is a top 10 quarterback, which is certainly what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott drafted him to be, to be a top 10 upper echelon quarterback who can lead this team to a Super Bowl. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the Patriots game because Josh Allen finished with nine interceptions on the season. After the Patriots game where he threw three picks to the evil empire out of Foxborough, that gave him six interceptions on the young season. Now, I'm not a a smart guy with math, but nine minus six means he threw only three interceptions the final 12 games of the regular season, which to me is incredible progress out there for someone uh, who has been much maligned for his accuracy issues. And he threw 17 touchdown passes compared to those three interceptions out there. So something clicked in Josh Allen. Now, granted, he also left that game against the Patriots with with an injury and and maybe something you know got rattled around where he realized he needed to take better care of the ball and stop being more of the the gunslinging hero ball guy that he was for the first four weeks of this season and much of his rookie year. But I think that's incredibly impressive to go from having six interceptions your first four games of the season to 17 touchdowns and again only three interceptions from week five on. Something clicked in this offense, maybe, you know, Josh finally realized it's better to throw the ball away than to throw the ball into double coverage. But I think a lot of that comes to coaching with Brian Dable 
really working with. And that's why I know some fans wanted to get rid of Dable and, and tar and feather him out of town when he was interviewing for the Cleveland Browns head coaching job, which he did not get. I am actually very glad that Dable is coming back for year three, because one of the biggest things that a quarterback can have that derails their growth are constantly changing systems and offensive coordinators. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Josh does in year three with this offense. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I really feel like there's a lot of, of potential. And now, look, Josh Allen has all the physical tools in the world. He nearly threw that football out of New Era Field uh, when he scored that touchdown against the Dolphins. His arm strength is unquestioned. Where he needs to get better, you mentioned it earlier, is the deep ball, those passes over 20 yards in the air. His completion percentage on passes from 0 to 19 yards is 63%, which is incredible, uh, with 14 touchdowns and 4 interceptions. On passes 20 yards or more, that completion percentage plummets to 25%. He has 4 touchdowns and 5 picks. On passes that are 30 yards or more in the air, 13% of his completions and two touchdowns and two interceptions. Now, before we get all negative, Nancy, I will say that my favorite Josh Allen throw of the entire year was the 53-yard bomb that he connected up with John Brown in Foxborough to burn the pariah Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots for a touchdown. Uh, That single-handedly knocked Gilmore off the perch of being the best cornerback in the league, and it was so great to see that connection of Allen to Brown uh, really make Stephon Gilmore look like a rookie out there versus the talented cornerback that he is. But to me, Jamie, that throw signified that John Josh Allen rather has turned a corner and that he can definitely be successful with his deep ball when the circumstances align. How do you feel when it comes to the deep ball ability of, of Josh Allen, where he is and where he needs to go? When you look at it and you know his deep ball percentage is that low and yet you've got such a strong-armed quarterback there's something obviously wrong. Now, granted, it's the kind of thing where if you're off one degree, at, you know, immediately in front of you as you go 50 yards downfield, that one degree is going to be a, a much bigger distance from point A to point B. Now, what exactly is going on there? Well, that is what the coaches are going to have to figure out. I think that what we have is a style issue on the deep ball. And if I'm his coach, what I'm going to tell him is you have to throw your receiver open. Josh doesn't do a great job of that. In fact, he's one of those quarterbacks that sort of like a a collegiate level pro has to see his receiver open before he's willing to release the ball. What it's going to take on the deep throws is to know when to do it and then to be able to get enough loft under the ball, enough arc that the receiver can can adjust to the flight of the ball and position themselves underneath it. Now, that game against the Ravens, 
The Bills went deep a number of times early in the game, which was exactly how you're supposed to overcome a cover zero defense. You know that they're sending everybody. You know that the that the safeties are up on the line of scrimmage too. And when that blitz comes at you, you beat them long. Well, you also have to complete those passes. And that, that was a big frustration for all of us watching it. But if you watch the better deep throwers in the league, they put a lot of arc on the ball. And that way, they don't have to be perfect and have pinpoint accuracy when placing the ball down the field. As I said, it allows the receiver to adjust the route and camp out under the ball. And that's something that I think is going to be very correctable. It's just, it's sort of like a basketball player. You know, when basketball players are shooting line drives, their shooting percentage goes down. Why? Well, because you're shooting at a round object that is 18 inches wide, the ball is nine inches wide. Everybody knows that if the ball's coming straight down, you have more margin for error than if it's coming at a low angle. That's exactly where I think Allen is going to improve in this offseason, and I'm sure the coaches see that too. When we talk about Josh Allen here on Believe, we can all agree I think there's three areas where he is really, really strong uh, in the red zone, third down uh, conversions, and those underneath routes of 0 to 19 yards, and he's clearly someone who has that competitive fire. We all know the room, the areas for improvement, uh, downfield passing, his fumbling, ball security issues, and also, like you said, Jamie, the ball placement. Uh, That's going to be a teaser uh, for our Josh Allen Part 2 podcast coming up uh, next. Next week, we'll do a full deep dive into Josh Allen and again, the good, the bad and the ugly. But we mentioned on this part of the podcast, we would still take a look at the quarterback room. And now I think it's only time to move on to the backup quarterback, who is Matt Barkley, who had a chance to make such a career defining statement performance. If he could have relieved Josh Allen in that week four game at New Era Field and knocked off the Patriots. The whole season would have had a different complexion. Buffalo would have been right in the thick of it to win that division instead of earning the wild card berth. But Matt Barkley, I think, is a great backup for Buffalo, but he clearly showed in that game he is not ready for prime time. He's not ready to be the starting quarterback. But when you look at what he brings to the table, uh, he's a good leader. He's a good character guy. He carries a $2 million cap hit, so he's not expensive. And he's somebody where, worst case, you're going to get at least – average play uh, from him if he needs to step in and relieve Josh Allen for any given period of time. What are your thoughts, Jamie, on what Matt Barkley brings for this team? If I am Brandon Bean, I am assessing whether I need to help Josh Allen develop or whether I need to get players on the roster that are going to help me get to the playoffs. In the case of the backup quarterback, we know Matt Barkley, good team guy, and that's something that they really value. But he was god-awful when he was on the field. That last game against the Jets convinced me that he doesn't really have a place in the NFL. I, I just I don't think he's competent as a backup after watching that game. And that's something I was hoping I didn't have to say. So if I'm Brandon Bean and I'm more concerned about Josh Allen's development and less concerned about my about my wins and losses, I'm going to keep Barkley. But he was abysmal when he was on the field. So if I'm looking to go maybe perhaps make another playoff run or even deeper into the playoffs, injuries happen in the NFL and you probably need your backup to win 50% of your games. 
Matt Barkley's not that guy. I would probably I would probably move on from him in this offseason. Find another high character guy who also has the ability to play 500 ball if he has to play for four games. Josh Allen can be reckless. He runs the ball a lot. He drops his shoulders. He takes a lot of bigger hits than he really needs to. Ooh, I I don't think he uh, I don't think he cuts the mustard out there. I'm going to give Matt Barkley a pass, Jamie, on that Week 17 uh, performance against the Jets, only because as one of the diehards who is in that drizzling rain, it was miserable conditions. You need to perform. I totally get that, but I don't know how much heart and soul the Bills receivers uh, had and what kind of stake they had in the performance of a game that meant literally nothing besides staying healthy and being a tune-up for the playoff game. I take more out of the Patriots uh, game again in Week 4 where he did go 9 of 16 for 127 yards, one interception. But again, all he needed was one touchdown drive on four possessions down 16 to 10 to get the Bills the lead. He could not deliver. Barkley, to me, is what he is. I hate that phrase, but he really is. He doesn't have great arm strength. He relies a lot on timing routes and those quick release throws. And if those situations are not there, he is going to struggle. But I do feel like the relationship that he has with Josh Allen cannot be understated when it comes to the important role that this guy plays in Josh Allen's development. So look, if someone better comes around that they can go after and sign, I would be willing to explore it because his cap hit is, is not terrible and his performance is not, it's middle of the road. It's what a backup is. He's going to come in. I think he would hold the fort down. I'm not saying he'd win 50% of their games, but I feel like he's also not going to wreck the car. Whereas if you give it to the other uh, third stringer right now, who is Davis Webb, I think he would crash the Lamborghini if Brandon Bean turned the keys over to uh, to Davis Webb, who that's all we'll do for Davis Webb is mention the fact that he is currently signed on a reserve future deal. Uh, he's not going to get anything more than that when it comes to our positional breakdown here. But Jamie, listen, I know you got to run out there. So I want to tease again to our fans. This was our positional review for the quarterbacks. We will go much more in depth into Josh Allen. We could do a full hour podcast, if not more on again, the good, the bad and the ugly. So we'll free some time up in our schedules and uh, we'll do a really full deep dive into Josh Allen and what he needs to do uh, to improve and get the bills further in the promised land. I will say for all the, yeah, go for it, Jamie. I was going to say one final thing and I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you've got to give the quarterbacking a grade, Letter grade, what do you give it? I go B plus. Um, I, I feel like... Oh! Yeah, w- w- what would you go? <laughs> I would go a C. I would say I would say the quarterbacks improved from a D to a C. I, I don't think you can have the worst completion percentage in the NFL and be better than an average grade. I hear you, and, and, and completion percentage in this day and age when people are chucking the ball all over the field and, and having 70-plus percentage completion out there, I think that could be a detriment to your rating. I will say this, though. Again, the progress that Josh Allen showed this past year and the total number of touchdowns that he produced – Uh, especially inside the red zone. He was one of the top quarterbacks in the league in red zone efficiency and third down completion percentage and efficiency. So I feel like Josh can definitely improve, but I'll give him a B plus because the dude won 10 games and got the bills to the playoffs for the second time in three years. So we, of course, I'll be curious, Jamie, to hear your thoughts on what Josh will need to do uh, and how he'll get there to go from a C uh, to an A in your eyes. I'm sure uh, winning a Super Bowl might help uh, get that rating up there a little bit. Oh, that certainly would.
<laughs> well, at that point, they'd be having parades all up and down Elmwood and all the major streets in and around Buffalo. And that place, the airport would go nuts with a welcome parade. Jamie, I want to thank you for your time. Well, we know we're the best fans in the world. Yeah, <laughs> Great times as always, Johnny boy. Sorry, we got to run out here, fans, but we'll be back next week with another edition of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Hopefully we whetted your appetite for a full look at Josh Allen coming up next week on the podcast. 